I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse, and you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. User-generated content is when um, that creator creates a video for the brands to post on the brand's account instead of their own creator account. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Haiti Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 140. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about UGC or user-generated content with one of our previous guests. Episode 126, we had Jazz Sawag. You know what? Jesse, I'm going to let you say it. Sawag. I, I know, and it's so funny because she said to us when we interviewed her that everybody messes it up, and there I go. I messed it up. Oh, well. Um, she's a good sport. So we had her back on episode 126 when we talked about TikTok, but this time she's going to be talking about user-generated content. And when I came to you with this question, Jesse, about what is user-generated content, I don't even know if we had interviewed her yet, but you were kind of like, what the heck is that? Yeah. Um, and when I explained it, you were kind of like, well, what's the difference between a photographer. Yeah, I was so confused. A, a UGC creator. So we're going to find out all about that. Um, but before we get into it, uh, what are you drinking today? So I am just drinking coffee today. Very mm-hmm. exciting. Just, Very exciting. Just a coffee. It's, um, you know, one of those days I've been feeling not like a little bit tired, but a little bit more mm. fatigued over the few days. And so I'm just like needing a little extra boost. Well, I am having, speaking of extra boost, I actually took uh, the car down to get it inspected today. And mm. around the corner from where we go is the Dunkin' Donuts. And so I took Ariel over there and I got, I was like, you know what? Really, I've been drinking a lot of chai lattes lately. I really want something different. So I just got like a plain green tea, but I got a shot of coconut in it. Oh, it's pretty good. Not super strong, not super sweet, but uh, just a little, you know, I know this is September. It's the beginning of September and people have gone back to school and, you know, but I'm still, I'm still feeling a little bit of summer, Mm -hmm. a little bit of a little tropical life going on, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, all right. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, as we said, we talked about UGC content creation. I shouldn't. That was redundant. UGC creation. Uh, And we're going to listen to that interview with Jasmine right now. Jazz Sawagat is a short form content coach where she teaches others how to create lucrative and magnetic short form content with a focus on original content and building a connected community. She has been creating content herself where she has gained over 50,000 followers on TikTok. We previously had her on the show on episode 126 where she explained how to gain traction on TikTok, but we're super excited to have her back on the show today because we realized we haven't focused on the idea of user-generated content and we felt it was a great opportunity to have her back and lay it all out for us. So Jasmine, we are so excited. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh crazy even from that bio i've grown to like seventy six thousand followers now which is i was gonna say i figured like that would probably be out of date by now that's amazing so since we talked with you last wow 20 over twenty five thousand more followers yeah and i honestly i think i was only posting occasionally and it it grew a lot so and i don't really post on my personal as much now but yeah it's grown to 76 so wow 
That is amazing. And so this is posting from your Jazz Media LLC account on TikTok, right? No, it's my um, it's my personal account. Oh. It's my Jasmine Sawagid one. My Jazz Media oh. one is almost at 10k right now. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah. Good. people obviously find you personally you more interesting than anything <laughs> else, which is and that's that's quite nice. That's quite nice to have. Yeah. Well. All right. Before we get into what you've been up to over the past couple months, uh, what are you drinking right now? Uh, uh, brown sugar shake and espresso from Starbucks is Ooh. my go-to drink, but they never really make it the same every time. It's like the the drink that's like the best. Surprise! When it's done, right? Yes. <laughs> so if you haven't had it, I recommend it. It's pretty good. Brown All sugar. Right, to- okay. Yeah, I'll have to. My husband goes out every day to get coffee. Like yes. I make coffee from home. And he yeah. goes out every single morning. He takes the dog. And goes you live right Starbucks. down the street from Starbucks. You're fine. I know. You're fine. Yeah. It's just so <laughs> funny. I'll have to tell him about that one. Yeah. All right. Try it. It's good. It's not too sweet, which is nice. That is, even though it's sugar. Awesome. Uh, all right. So what have you been up to the past couple of months? So we, we haven't seen you since, I think, April? April? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how much a lot has changed since then. In April, my business was making like virtually no profit. I was bringing in revenue, but I had like mentors and tools and I was just growing. And right. since then I've hit like $50,000 a month in my business and I'm making way more revenue. I'm growing a lot more. I have, I have like 70 new clients. So it's been a crazy last three months. I quit my job. So it's cool to like talk to you guys because I haven't since then and kind of like look back. Um, even just listening to that intro, I'm like, wow. It's and by the way, guys, this is only August. I know that this isn't going to air until a little later, but this is only August. So this has only been within the last couple of months that this has happened. Yeah. Congratulations. That is wow. amazing. Thank so you is so that, much. is the 50K a mix of like you working with brands yourself and also your core, it's strictly being helping others. It's- yeah, it's just clients. So I, I keep getting brands DM like emailing me like daily, weekly because my you're like I can't I'm trending. Too busy. And they're like, "We'll pay you like two hundred dollars a video," and I'm like, "No, like I literally can't." So- oh, oh that is amazing! So yeah. so good to hear that for you. I that appreciate is- that. Yeah, I'd like to think it's because of us, but I, I know it isn't. <laughs> you guys played a role. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you're you're very you're very kind. All right, so. Wow. So, so what else has been kind of happening? You've just, so you've just, you've decided to quit your job. You're, you're a full-time entrepreneur mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Wow. So um, what's a day look like now for you? I'm in my pajamas right now, which is nice. I, in, Flo- in the Florida heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Avoiding going outside. Um, I'll like to take a dip in the pool. I got Starbucks this morning um, and I've been playing like pickleball a lot and soccer. I'm I want to play pickleball. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get me started on it. I know uh, a lot of people who don't know it think it's corny, but it's so fun. Um, we we have new pickleball courts in our in our town. So Kate and I live yes. like a block away from each other. And so Wait, no way. you guys yeah. have to go. Yeah. 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 We've walked by it. a co- Well, I've walked by it a couple of times and I'm like, it's always busy. It's always yep. busy down there, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to see people using it. But like, I want to try. Yeah, you guys should. Um, I did like a tournament in Daytona Beach last weekend and I'm on like leagues now because I have so much time. So I've been just like (laughs) doing competitions and sports. It's been really You're only having $50,000 months and, you know, 70 (laughs) new clients, but you have all this time. I think we need to have you back on the show on time management because (laughs) I don't know how that's that's happening. Yeah, I've been... (laughs) 
I've been, uh, I try to make my offers, um, like one to many. And then, um, I have like a VA that helps and I'm going to bring on like more people to help me with system stuff so I can be even more streamlined. But yeah, it's been cool to kind of see that I can do both, you know? Well, it's great to hear about all this success. Um, and of course, part of the success is with UGC, user-generated content, mm-hmm. um, which is what kind of what we're going to focus on today. So before we get into the nitty gritty of it, can you give us a definition of user-generated content and what makes it different than kind of other content that creators actually create? Yeah. So typically when a brand reaches out to a creator for a typical collaboration, it's the brand um, having the influencer or creator post that content on their own account. But user-generated mm-hmm. content is when um, that creator creates a video for the brand to post on the brand's account instead of their own creator account. So that's the difference there. Um, and then there's things that go into it in terms of the brand can now own that piece of media um, use it as they'd like. So that's like a quick brush definition. And it's been, honestly, I've seen it exponentially grow because a lot of people have realized I don't need to build a following. I can just create content for brands to use and not have to post it on my own platforms, you know? So that is very, um, attractive as somebody who, you know, has been a content creator for a couple of years and, you know, Instagram has, I mean, I, I work mostly on Instagram, um, but, you know, with the algorithm and, and everything, just engagement been, has been tanking. And so sometimes, you know, you create this awesome content and you put it out there and it tanks and you're just kind of like, okay, crickets, like really, (laughs) you know, and it just stinks because you've spent all the, I mean, and granted, yes, you are getting paid for you know that's most of what i what i I post now is is paid so it's like yeah okay i'm getting but you want to actually be able to show people results and and that can be really frustrating so all right so what are some of the other benefits of ugc content both from a creator side as well as from a brand side yeah so these days it's really important that brands show like personality authenticity and so typically when brands and like big businesses go to create content, it feels out of touch and not personal. So leveraging UGC creators, they can create more authentic content because it'll be just like somebody using the product, uh, talking naturally, somebody who knows that that particular platform and what performs well, instead of them like, uh, instead of the brands, like having some marketing team create some like highly produced and edited piece of content, it's now something that's more, uh, personal and like connected to what the platform likes to see, what viewers like to see. So that's a benefit from the brand side. Also just like outsourcing the work instead of them having to create on their own. And honestly, UGC creators, um, good ones know what's better than like an in-house marketing team sometimes because in-house marketing is focusing on all the different platforms and forms of media. Whereas like a UGC creator, like really knows TikTok, really knows Instagram. So that's like the benefits on the brand side. And then from the creator side, um, you don't have to build a following, like I mentioned, and you can make money creating content. You can um, also, I feel like it's more appealing because if you do like a big multi 
uh, video deal, like let's say you're creating 10 videos for a brand, you don't have to post all 10 videos on your own account and feel like your account is compromised where like you're always talking about like paid things and like feel very salesy. Um, you can just have all of that content go on the brand socials and keep your own content, what you like to talk about, what you genuinely want to. So there's benefits on both sides, really. I love that too, because so often like when you work with a brand and they have a specific look they're going for, right? Colors. And, you know, while I think, you know, people are becoming a little bit more authentic about how their Instagram and especially their TikTok feeds look, there is still the aesthetic that people want to have. So sometimes when you are being told by a brand, you have to use this colors or this kind of picture, and it doesn't necessarily go with what you usually do, that can be I don't want to say nerve wracking because that sounds very (laughs) dramatic, but it can be like, oh, well, that's not really going to go with the rest of what I'm doing. Do I want to do this collaboration? Do I want to get involved with this? This kind of takes that pressure off. Yeah, I think even more so. That's a great point, because let's say there are products that you don't really want to talk about (laughs) or like Mm -hmm. you don't know if your followers like really enjoy, but you you like the product, but it doesn't vibe with your own like personal brand or your niche. Right. So like. Um, on my personal account, like I'm talking about engineering and like tech because that's my background. So like I attract a lot of, uh, collaborations from that niche, but let's say there's somebody who's like in fashion that wants me to create a video cause they like my video, my content that's appealing for UGC. Cause I, I don't want to post that on my personal account. People don't care about that there, but mm-hmm. I can still post that and create that for them. So it kind of expands mm-hmm. your ability to like create content about any product instead of feeling like tied to your niche as well um so yeah i love so you can that. do both yeah that's awesome yeah now there you go jesse i know that's something you've been thinking about yeah well so my my next question is like how you know like what's the criteria to be a ugc like what would make them go to you and be like like yeah we want you to create this content for us do they are they like scrolling through like how how would a brand even find a ugc like creator and like what's the criteria that they're looking for so there's multiple ways that people get ugc collaborations the first is um people will have like ugc dedicated accounts which i personally am not a fan of that route because it's like what are you going to post on there like they post like their demos of like oh if i create a piece of content for your brand like this is gonna what it's gonna look like and like this is day seven of being a ugc creator and there's a lot of that on tiktok Um, I feel like it's overdone and it's very saturated. So that's one way that people have gotten collaborations. Another is using sites like Upwork. People will post like, I'm a UGC creator. Like here's some demonstrations of my work. Here's some examples of my videos that I create. Platforms like that. Um, Brands do look in that area, especially smaller brands. Um, And then another way is like pitching to brands. So uh, people will create portfolios and pitch their work to different brands and get UGC deals and brands are open to that. And then the last way is just like being a quote unquote influencer or content creator about the things that you naturally would and attracting brands by them realizing you create good content, which is like what I have done is I didn't label myself as a UGC creator. I just was creating content and they naturally saw because I had a background in engineering and I was talking about AI and tech that I aligned with them. And so I was able to attract deals without ever really talking about UGC. That's really interesting. Okay. So definitely, I mean, I've definitely heard of Upwork. 
You know, mm-hmm. pitching is something we talked about before. Um, now, my question is, you know, when when you start to, in a way, I don't think we actually asked this specifically, but when we're thinking about the content that we're creating, and like I'm thinking from my my perspective as a brand photographer, I essentially am a UGC creator because I create yeah. photos for other brands. Yeah, I post them on my like my Instagram is almost like a portfolio of my mm-hmm. work, right? And so how does this differ? And how do you, I don't know if you can get into any details about like, because I give my clients a license to use my photos. They don't get the copyright. They don't get full oh, rights. It's a commercial license they get. Is it similar with UGC content? Does the original creator rate retain the copyright? And could they hypothetically like li- like license it to another brand if it like, I don't know, if it like worked? Yeah, so that's a good question. So the typical way to obtain the rights to content is like there's usage rights that you can charge extra for the brand to own that piece of content. Um, however, <laughs> I think it's 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 kind of scarier because brands will exploit creators very often with this. And oh, so yeah. they'll say, okay, we're going to use like we're going to have usage rights of your content. And sometimes a lot of new creators don't even know what that means, or they don't even read the contract and that's slipped in there and they don't realize they can charge more for that. And so like that one video gets posted multiple times, get posted on multiple, multiple platforms that the creator doesn't even know about gets put on billboards, gets put on videos on their website. And so they end up seeing their face when they didn't really realize that that video was going to be more than just a single post on TikTok. So that's typically like usage rates is typically the route that brands will take so they can own that piece of media. Um, I don't know anything about licensing, to be honest, but that's usually the steps is like, okay, we're going to post this once and now can we like own it and do other things with it? So, yeah, I think usage, so usage and like license is like the same type of thing. So I get like a commercial use license. I mean, that's gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the same thing, but. Um, I still retain the copyright and I still retain certain rights. So hypothetically, like a good example, one that always makes sense the most to me is like if I'm working with an interior designer and I'm taking a picture of their kitchen and I'm giving not only the interior designer a commercial use license to use that for their brand. And I can specify exactly like, okay, it can be for digital for your Instagram, it could be for your website, it could be whatever, I can like specify that out. But let's say that they have this beautiful faucet from, I don't know, Delta or something. And then I'm like, hmm, you know what, I want to see if Delta wants to use this on their channels, I can then also take that image to Delta and say, hey, do you want to use this on your social media channels and charge them a commercial use rate? So it's like, I still retain the power to disseminate it however I want. In some cases, your original client may not want that. They're like, well, I'm paying for this. I don't want anybody else to use that. And in that case, you might want to charge higher for that use because they're getting like exclusive rights. Um, so I imagine all of this similarly can be negotiated with the brand that yeah. you're working with. There also is exclusivity that some brands look for. So, And that even goes so far as to not just exclusivity on like the content that you create for the brand, but you can't work with our competitors either Mm. for a certain amount of time. So like, for instance, I got approached by Microsoft to create a UGC video for a new feature on a a tool that they were bringing out. And I realized I had a collaboration with a tool that was doing something similar. And so within a couple of emails in, I was like, hey, I'm creating videos for this one 
person uh, or brand. And it seems like they have similar functionality. Like, is this a competitor? And would it conflict with like the 30 day exclusivity period that you're looking for? And they were like, yeah, we've, mm-hmm. we looked into it. Like we can't work together. So yeah, that's that a good even point. It goes to that point. Yeah. To yeah. that field too. That's a, that's a really good point that you brought up. Um, okay. So thinking yeah. along the lines of negotiating, um, so you can negotiate on licensing, but also do, I know we're probably kind of talking more on the, like the lines of like video content, right. Or, I mean, are there content creators, I guess you would just say photographers really that are just like creating still type of imagery. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about like how you can like charge? Is it, I mean, obviously we talked about the usage, you can charge various pricing for that, but like how long the content is, like how big the brand is. Like, can you talk to us a little bit about that? So just like you guys probably know, it's widely variable depending on the brand's budget um, and like the creator's belief in themselves and what they think they should be charging. So like one person, even like with the same number of um like followers, if it was like a regular collaboration or for UGC, just in general, depending on their experience, will charge like $100 for a video and another person will charge like $350 per video. And even so, um, I actually have one of my clients that I'm helping from like a, growing her business on social media. She's an influencer marketing, like an influencer coach. So she helps influencers pitch and get brand deals. So I had a conversation with her recently and she was saying, oh, $350 per video, per UGC video is like really low. And to, but, but looking at what everybody else is doing on TikTok and all the other UGC creators are saying, like, you should charge like 150 per video. And so, like, yeah. basically, everybody says something different. <laughs> is yeah, um, UGC video create, like, if you were like, like, for example, like Kate, she creates video content for brands. Like, have you seen differences in creating UGC content versus like, influencer content where they would also be promoting it on their own platform. Is it higher for influencers? Yeah. Um, So go ahead. Yeah. Because my question, though, my question kind of ties that with like the whole thing of, um, you know, in, with the UGC, you're kind of paying for the content with the influencer. You're not only paying for the content, but you'd also, wouldn't you be paying for the audience that kind of comes along with it too? Yep, exactly. So, my, okay. my my influencer like brand collaborations on my own page, I got paid much more because of the audience that they're paying for. And so that's mm-hmm. what I think, even going more into that, that's where I think a lot of people get confused is they think just because they have a certain amount of followers, um, the brand's paying for the followers, but the brand is not only paying for the audience, they're paying for that specific audience. So like, a lot of people think on TikTok, I, I have a hundred thousand followers. I used to get this comment all the time. People with like two or three or four times more followers than me were getting like much smaller or like no brand deals where I was getting big ones. And I was like, because all people like when brands see my profile, they realize those 50, 70,000 people, most of them are in, in STEM, in engineering, in like are interested in AI and tech. And so they're paying for that specific, that specific mm. audience that I've tailored right? Yeah. Where there's a lot of people on TikTok who have 100,000 followers. And if you ask that influencer who's following you, they'd be like, I have no idea. People who like me, right? So 
<laughs> the it's brand why it's why Ford advertises heavily during like football because they know their audience know. is mainly men who yep. likely want to drive trucks. So yeah. they're doing the same thing with you. They don't have to do that work in like finding those those people interested in those topics. Like you've already done the work for them. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, so th- th- I think that's why people get stuck on if you have this many followers charge this much, but hypothetically that doesn't really matter because it should be a niche audience that you can be able to communicate the value of your audience to your brand to the brand. Um so yeah, you can charge much more not only if you have a collaboration on your own page with a large audience but also if you know that audience's background and why they follow you. So and that's why it's so important to actually be paying attention to, as you said, who is following you so that you can, you know, create that content for them. And that's how you're going to get those, those brands. If, again, only if you're on the influencer side, obviously with UGC, you get a little bit more freedom when it comes to, you know, because you've worked both sides of it. And again, this isn't a question we asked and when we sent it, you are questions, do you find that with UGC content, there is, you know, when you get a, a brand deal from as an influencer, there's certain things that you have to do or say or um, a certain look. Do you find that when somebody is coming to you for UGC content or a brand is coming to you for UGC content, that there are the same kind of limitations? Or do you think that they specifically look for you because you do a certain kind of product, you preside a certain kind of product? And so they just kind of like, here run with it like have you or is it kind of a mix um i think it's a mix and i feel like it's because like a lot of brands are still new to ugc and don't Mm. have like proper approaches but then there's the other side of it where some brands are like this is going on our own profile so we have more specific standards so that way everything's cohesive right okay so so I've there might be actually sides. more criteria and more specific yeah. specifications. Mm. Yeah, it depends. It really depends. Um, mm. A lot of brands are new to UGC. And so there's just like a huge sliding scale of like one extreme or the other. <laughs> I remember when I first heard about it, I was kind of like, uh, well, how is that different from an influencer? Yeah. Like how or or Jesse, a photographer. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, like, how is that? How is that different? But you 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 broke it down really well for us. Um, so you work um, with people creating UGC content. Can you give us a couple of personal examples or examples from your students members um, about creating UGC content for brands like success stories? Yeah, um, I guess personally is probably easier. Um, mm-hmm. I've created content for. I've mentioned brands in like the STEM field. So one particular brand, well, this was, this is like a success story in terms of it was a good like monetary brand deal, but it was kind of like ended up being a horror story, which I've kind of alluded to you guys. <laughs> I, I remember, have, um, I remember that on your, <laughs> I don't, I don't, yes. but um, feel free to share well. whatever you would like on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got approached by, uh, an agency to create content for an artificial intelligence brand. And it was a new platform. Their functionality was really cool. I tried out the tool before I emailed back and I loved it. And so it was like $4,500 a month for 12 videos. And I was like, Oh wow, that's going to like replace my nine to five salary. Like that sounds great. Cause I was working my nine to five at the time. 
And so uh, we had some conversation and I was like, 12 videos is not like, that's easy. Like I can bang out 12 videos in like a day or two because I enjoy creating videos. Like I can film them in a day or two, edit them in a day or two. That's like nothing. And so they were like, yeah, you can batch create. You can um, like you're you can come up with the ideas. You can you have like full creativity. Um, we'll never really ask you to refilm things. Just like change like a word or two here or there. So no refilming. And so it sounded perfect. And I was like, this is wonderful. And so um, I signed an agreement. And then like instantly after that, like it was a major change from everything they promised. I got a text from someone saying, uh, hey, I'm your manager like on the agency side for your content. Like, Do you have time to meet tomorrow morning? And I was like, like this is supposed to be something that's like low key, right? And so I'm like, uh, I don't know, I'll figure it out. Like, how about next week? And they were like, no, we need to talk to you tomorrow. And I'm like, what the hell? So I go into the the meeting, and this person has exact schedule for when I'm supposed to create the content, the ideas that they have for the content. Um, and then I was like, well, can I just batch create? Like, I have a full time job and I have a business and other brands. And they were like, no, we, you need to create like one video on this day and send it to us by this time, one video on this day and send it to us by this time. And um, it's going to be spread out throughout the month. And then you'll have meetings with us to review it. And then the brand has to review it. And I was like, this is not what they promised. <laughs> and so it like spun out of control really fast. Um, every time I tried to like realign with the initial agreement, they, it like they just kind of like strong armed me into whatever they thought. And so there was times too where like I had a concept and they didn't like that. There was a small glare on the side of uh, my screen when I was filming and had me reshoot the entire video multiple times. So it got to the point where this was like a, a quote unquote success because I was like making $4,000 from content that was supposed to be seemingly easy and like I'm naturally good at. And it turned into I had no creative voice. They were like taking over everything. Um in charge of all the ideas I was reshooting and it ended up being content I wasn't even proud of. It was just like their own ideas. And I was just like the donkey creating it. That's what it sounded I like, like you were more of an employee, which was yes. not the idea of being an independent creator. Exactly. And oh, like, I do you... remember this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, like when you hire a, like, that's why I'm like passionate about helping like creators. And I used to help them a lot more in the past was like, they take brands are easily taking advantage of you as a creator, but you're the expert. Like they're coming to you because you have something, right? You have a voice, you have a certain personality, you have a way in your videos. And once they take that away from you, it's like, yeah, it's just not a good situation because it's you being an employee creating their content instead of the thing that you're supposed to be the expert in. So um, I know you asked for a success story, but that was honestly one that I thought was going to be a success story because it was like one of the biggest contracts that I had and it ended up being like not positive. And so we ended up, uh, I only ended up creating like four videos that month because I was supposed to do 12, but they asked me to refilm so many times, the original ones that only four got posted. And there's a lot that went into that too, of them kind of copying and pasting the same strategy they use with every brand for that brand mm-hmm. and all the stuff with the, on the agency side. So the brand was great. I don't think the brand had any idea of all the stuff that was going on on the other end, but um, Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think that kind of leads into our, our next question about like, what have you found important, you know, when it comes to to sort of working yeah. with these brands, creating this content. So I think, you know, from that perspective, just being, you know, I think, I think what I, what I learned 
from this experience from you is like, you know, you did try to work with the brand. You tried to, I remember like you're following that story and you're like, you know, we're trying to work something out, but in the end, it just wasn't a mutual, it wasn't a mutual thing. And so and I didn't end up being able, a good fit. Yeah. Being able to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's not worth it. Exactly. Um, it, it was because at that time my business wasn't making money and I was like, this is going to help me get to the point I can quit my job. I can do more for my business, help other people. And so I remember like getting so emotional because I had to stop that thing that was bringing me the money that I was trying to work so hard for to get the freedom and all that stuff. And it was a really hard decision. But honestly, saying, I think the only reason I was able to get to where I am in my business was because I had to go through all the lessons of saying no to what wasn't right to make space for what was. And I feel like I wasn't able to be successful until I learned how to say no to like certain brands that weren't right, certain opportunities that weren't right, certain clients that weren't right, because that is like a really hard lesson, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I would say that's a success story. Yeah. Right there. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of what, our audience here is like building do. their their business. And, you know, there's a lot of things that yeah. people like have to learn whether or not they like learned it like in a, in a very specific situation, like, oh, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if it's just, you know, mm -hmm. trial and error over time. Um, now, I know you mainly work with uh, small business owners creating, you know, helping them create content for their for their small business. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of UGC, if, you know, someone wanted to get started with UGC content and creating that, you know, is the approach the same that you would have, like, your small business clients do mm. to sort of build mm. that? Or like, what would you recommend if someone was like, you know what, I really like, like the idea of this UGC thing. I'm, you know, I don't really care to be an influencer, but I'm really like, I, I love being creative. I love, you know, creating content. Where can they get started? Yeah, that's a good question. So the reason why I've kind of migrated to helping businesses was because the strategy is so different. And so I couldn't, clearly delineate the difference in every video that I was creating. If you are a UGC creator, do this. If you are a business owner, do this. Because they're so different, I didn't want to confuse people. So I decided to just choose the one. But the difference would be like, if you wanted to start creating UGC content, I have a different approach. Like other people will probably tell you to create an account just for UGC, um, create some demo videos, uh, talk about like your UGC portfolio. And it would be kind of like what you do, Jesse, where you your profile is just like a portfolio of your work. Um, and so that's what other people would recommend. I personally go a different route of instead of having your entire page be a portfolio, choose like a personal brand, um, an area, a specific niche of business or industry that you would want to work with. Like in my case, I was focusing on tech right? Because I know tech, they make a lot of money. They have a lot of money for collaborations. They um, honestly, being a woman in that industry, like helped me attract a lot of deals as well. Right. So if you try to think at the end goal, what kind of brands, you know, like have the funds to be able to uh, pay for marketing and for UGC and also are looking for that, that you're also interested in. And then just being somebody in that space and kind of being like an influencer in a way, but just posting content around the creative things in that industry, not trying to attract followers, just being an organic person in that niche, you'll naturally attract brands that are searching for people posting 
things around those topics and other brands too that would like stumble upon your videos and like it. So that's the recommendation that I give is I kind of have helped people like, okay, what's your end goal? So like, for instance, one of my members was really into, into like sustainable fashion and yeah, upcycling clothes. And so she started creating more content just around that, labeling herself with that. And she got a really large UGC deal for recurring like every month long-term. And so she now creates content for a fashion brand because she labeled herself that way. Whereas if she just labeled herself just as a UGC creator and was posting portfolio demos demonstrations, I don't know if that brand would have found her, but because she was talking mm -hmm. about the things she was creatively passionate about and posting around that space, a brand was like, oh, you get it. Like you get our message. You're kind of like in the area that we would like. So we would like to work with you. So that was a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, that that makes a lot of yeah. sense. I think it's so interesting because niching is like such a big like topic in business anyways. And it just like mm -hmm. reaches Branding. so many different pieces mm -hmm. of building a business, marketing and everything. And I think, it, you know, I, I actually really think that what you said is very succinct and like makes sense. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's, Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I'm glad it made sense. <laughs> so what would you say to somebody just starting out? Like if if they if they were if they were tempted to go influencer route versus UGC, like what would your suggestion be? <laughs> I would say don't choose influencer mm. UGC. I would say think about brands that you would want to work with that have the money to pay you and just create content related to that. Like if you're if you really want to work with fintech, like financial tech brands, like Start talking about finances, talk about your budget, talk about the uh, different tools that you use to manage your budget and all that. If you wanted to work with fitness brands, like show your your health routines, your gym routines, and just kind of create it, create content you really thoroughly enjoy that those brands would naturally be searching for or come upon or look for creators who are well-versed. Because at the end of the day, the brands are just looking for somebody who's interested in the uh niche that their business is in knows how to talk about it is well versed in that area and so like that's why brands came to me because they knew i understood like the technology behind their tools i knew how to use them i knew how to talk about them i knew how to create engaging content around that topic so that's all you're doing um in the end and so instead of choosing like influencer you see just talk, think about the the area of things that you like and enjoy and create content around that and you'll naturally attract either influencer brands and or UGC brands instead of having to like worry about choosing and pitching and all that stuff. Yeah. That, I like that. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Simple. Makes sense because then you, yeah, like you said, you don't have to worry about like trying to build your following. Like, I mean, if you're open to UGC, right. then just create content that you like. And then, you know, and then to your point, you could also then, you know, start building like an Upwork profile if you want and like get, you know, go that route as well. But it makes a lot of sense to just create authentic content that you enjoy yeah. doing. So you also don't get burnt out and stuff. Sounds that, like, a lot more like fun forced. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think a lot yeah. of people think that they don't have a niche, but they end up are just like lifestyle creators and they don't realize that that's like a bucket too. If they're interested in like fashion and makeup and all that. And then there's like, the rest but i think that's also a big thing is like a lot of creators are more lifestyle and they don't realize that that's what they are and they think they have like a myriad of interests and i'm like okay would you post about like um i don't know would you post about this 
artificial intelligence tool and they'd be like, no, I would not care about them. Like, okay, so you do have a personal brand. It's probably just more lifestyle and it feels amorphous, but it's actually tangible. So yeah, <laughs> that's my t- tidbit on that. You don't have to get super niche down to actually have a niche. Yeah. It's like more a personal like brand of like a realm of things that you enjoy creating content about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think that's more my style sometimes. So who knows? Maybe I'll make that switch. We'll see. Well, Jazz, thank you so much for coming back on the show and chatting with us about us. It's something that we've been chatting about for a while. We actually, when we, at the end of our last interview with you, we were like, we have to have her back on, you know? Um, so I'm glad we made it happen. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having where, me back. Where can people learn more about you again and, and what you do? Yeah. So socials are the best way. My handles are Jazz Media LLC, J-A-Z Media LLC. Um, on Instagram and TikTok is where you can find me daily. And yeah, website's coming soon. I'm working on a website, but that's really <laughs> yay. Yeah, yep. That's really the places to go. Getting there, getting there. Well, awesome. well, thank you again. Yes, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. I think our audience is really going to enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As you mentioned, when we first like when you first brought this up to me as a concept, I was, I was very confused as to like what the difference is between just mm-hmm. like someone like me creating content for a brand and UGC content. So I really yep. like how Jazz very clearly and succinctly broke it down to us and making the distinction between UGC content and influencer content. And in a way, I sort of do fall into a UGC creator uh, in in sort of a small little portion of that world. So um, I also really like the fact that she highlighted like the benefits of both from both the brand's perspective and the creator's perspective, because a lot of listeners here, you know, maybe you're listening in and you're trying to, you know, start your little side hustle and you might be wondering what's best for you. So if you need to take a re-listen into some of those benefits, feel free to hit the rewind button and take a take a listen in. But I think she made some really valid points. For me, as I said, a lot of times when I create content, it's really frustrating when you hit that publish button and you hear crickets, um, especially if it's something that you spent a lot of time on, especially if it's something that not only did you spend a lot of time on, but a brand is spending a lot of money on. And so then, you know, even though the deal is done, if, you know, you want to continue that working relationship with them or just to show other brands that you are worthy of this, it it can be, there's a lot of pressure to deliver when it comes to the likes, the, you know, the watches, the engagement and everything like that. And doing something more like UGC content, it just kind of takes that pressure off of you in a lot of ways. It's kind of like up to them. You know, it's up to you to create the good content, um, but it's kind of up to them to promote it in the right way, use, you know, the right captions and hashtags and all that kind of stuff. So um, as somebody who sometimes gets a little discouraged with what's going on on Instagram when it comes to like my brand deals. This is very attractive, as I said, Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, going down the road. Well, you know, I still like doing the influencer thing, but as I, as I kind of um, 
you know, want to make more money, possibly, I might look into doing something more like this to kind of get rid of that pressure, um, but allow me to still do that content creation, which is ultimately what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, is the content creation, you know, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like seeing the likes rack up, but that's it's it's when you don't see them racking up and it's kind of on you to get that to happen. It can be really discouraging and a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't need it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation community. You can also get at us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. And you can review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We'd love to hear what you have to say. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram. And if we're going to go with TikTok because of Jazz being a TikTok creator of TikTok, at Fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. I am also I am also on TikTok. I don't post a lot. Uh, Jesse Wyman Photos on TikTok. And uh, make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.